0: We'll be reacting to Bob McKenzie's 2024 NHL Draft rankings and uh, we'll do a segment on game of on the line for the 2020 NHL Draft all coming up on this episode of Locked on NHL Prospects.
1: You are Locked on NHL Prospects, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we'll break down everything prospects related for you five days a week. I'm Hattie Kalakesh, joined by Sebastian High, and on today's episode, we'll be reacting to Bob McKenzie's top 16 and honorable mentions um, in our first two segments, and then we'll be breaking down our Game on the Line segment for the 2020 NHL Draft, where we pick a player from each round of the uh, 2020 draft and build a starting six with that um, in order to win a Game 7 Stanley Cup Final. But before we get into any of that, I just want to talk to you about our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets Guaranteed. Visit fanduel.com/slash locked on to get started. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. Uh now let's get started with Bob McKenzie's rankings. These were um uh, unique, uh to say the least. Uh we can start with the top five here. I think Macklin Celebrini at one is fair. I mean, a lot of people have him at one. Um, yeah. the player he has a three I might have in that contention. But let's talk about Celebrini for a bit. I mean, we're talking about a player who can do a bit of everything but has a skill set of a top-end player, right?
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. Celebrini outproduced Adam Fantilli's D-1 season with the Chicago Steel last year and yep. did so as a far younger player in that season. Celebrini is a pretty late birthday for the draft class, whereas Fantilli is not. Uh, mm-hmm. So in terms of production going into his draft year he has an excellent foundation already and it's understandable that he's kind of the default number one talent going into this, uh, this season. And Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily disagree. I, I I also do think that Ivan Demidov is right in that mix, but Mm -hmm. uh, Celebrini is a tremendously gifted and versatile player. He can do so many things at a very, very high level. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is a great, uh, puck rusher he's a strong stick handler he is just as big of a goal scoring threat as he's a playmaking threat yep. and he also adds in some flashes of good defensive abilities it wasn't the most consistent last year with chicago but he was basically a 16 year old that season so yep. You can give him a bit of slack on that and we'll, we'll see how he plays this season in the ncaa with mm-hmm. uh with boston university where he'll be playing with other skilled players like lane hudson and tom Val- valander yeah so i'm very excited to see how that goes uh for mm-hmm. celebrini but yeah this is a player who could do a bit of everything and uh is the understandable default number one going into the season
0: Absolutely. And I, I think really with celebrating, you're looking at a player who's going to have a fantastic chance to break into the uh, into the Boston University lineup in a top six role. I think that with enough time and uh, with enough opportunities, you can look at a player uh, like him and see a top liner who might put up more, you know, north of, north of a point a game in the NCAA, which is something that you know before Adam Fantilli we hadn't seen much um, for for yeah. NHL draft eligibles. Um, but moving on to the second overall pick, I think this is fairly contentious. Uh, Cole Izemman at two is a bit of a difficult one for me to wrap my head around. I I fully am on board with his goal scoring ability. It's 100% something that not that no one in this draft class can match. But outside of that, I have concerns about his off puck movement. Um, defensively, you're not getting much out of him. He's a fairly big body, doesn't use it all that well. Um, with Iserman, I mean, what's the draw for him at two? Is it really just a goal-scoring ability, or do you see something else in this game that can can justify this ranking in, in Bob McKenzie's uh, top 15? Interesting
1: that you mentioned the off-puck movement as a weakness, because in my viewings, it's been kind of the opposite. I I've mm-hmm. really, really liked how he's been playing off-puck. I think mm-hmm. uh, he was quite consistently getting into dangerous positions and mm-hmm. creating offense without even touching the puck mm-hmm. uh, last season uh, with the NTDP. And I I see him as a pure goal scorer. Like he knows how to get into goal scoring positions, and he has every tool that you need to put the puck in the net from those positions. Mm -hmm. which is great I I don't think the shot is quite the same level of tool as like a Cole Caulfield or if going Mm back past he was 10 snipers I don't know if it's quite the same level of elite but he plays it with a lot of power and I think the combination of power and skill and goal scoring ability is really nice Mm -hmm have a lot of questions still about his on puck game i i'm not convinced that he's overly deceptive on the puck just yet yeah. i still have questions of just how he, how effective he is in using his blind mates. uh like he still needs to really learn the give and go more effectively and mm-hmm. just overall being part of the team i thought last season in his stint with the ntdp he was the elite goal scorer but he wasn't really playing as part of the team. He was kind of just plopped in and he was the role player uh, to get the mm-hmm. puck into the net. I, I saw James Higgins as a player who was really immediately part of that NTDP team and was really part of the fabric of what made them good and what, what made them tick. Whereas Eisenman was kind of on the outside looking in. And uh, I think he's also a bit of a peripheral player in reality. And I still have some questions there. I, I personally wouldn't have him in the top three tentatively just yet. But the tools are there and the goal scoring is there. And I'm curious to see what he looks like with the NTDP this season, because we haven't seen like the star NTDP player be a mm-hmm. power forward sniper in a long time. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to, to seeing that, especially since he's a winger. And yeah, uh, yeah so I'm, I'm curious to see how he gels with the rest of that, that lineup. But mm-hmm. t- number two is a little bit high for my personal liking here.
0: For sure. Uh, and obviously we have Ivan Demidov at three, which, I mean, we've talked about him we at length. Him. Uh, I don't think we need to go too much in depth. Um, pure skill-wise, the best pick in this draft, in my opinion. Um, but then at four and five, we have a pair of defensemen who, I don't know if I'd have them in this order or even this high. We have Ar- Archam Lefshunov at fourth overall and Sam Dickinson at fifth. Um my read on Dickinson is you have you have a player who's very physically mature, who's very um, defensively mature as well. I, I just outside of that, I don't see the offensive upside and potential in order to justify him being a kind of top five pick. Usually, you look at guys who are more of a two way presence in that role. I like some of the elements of his of his shooting selection, his shot selection, his playmaking selection is good, but the the skills themselves, the tools themselves don't excite me as much as a player uh, as some of the players that are in, in the latter half of, of this ranking or even outside of it um and and Artem Levshunov I mean the, the the viewings have been hit and miss aren't, aren't haven't they I mean you're, you're looking at a player who one game will give you fantastic defensive results will make great plays out of his zone, uh great breakout pass or decent skater that kind of stuff but the decision making is so inconsistent with him I don't really know what to do with him yet and I feel like a lot more viewings is going to help Kind of solidify what he is, but as he stands right now, I have a lot more questions and answers with with Artem here, and putting a player with that many questions in his game at fourth overall. I know it's early, but you know exactly it's early. Um, It is. I don't know what to make. I don't know what to make of this really.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I I see Lefshunov as a player who could have a similar trajectory as Cam Allen did last uh, draft cycle where he's got an early top 10 ranking and there's a lot of questions especially with the with the decision making but mm-hmm. uh yeah i i'm i'm not sold on him yeah. dickinson on the other hand i think i like a little bit more than you do at least to start mm-hmm. the season i i think to, Around like fifth overall is a perfectly reasonable range for him. Mm-hmm. I I quite like the foundation of tools that he has. And he wasn't really able to, to build himself an offensive role last season in London. Like you already yeah. had Oliver Bunk and Logan Mayu eating up those power play minutes. You had Isaiah George playing the big defensive minutes. And I think that this season, uh, he he should be given a big offensive role with the London Knights with mm-hmm. a revamped forward course too, which has just added Casper Halton into the mix. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think that his trajectory could be a bit bit more along the lines of like a Dmitry Simashev maybe uh, mm-hmm. in, in terms of that 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 draft year progression in terms of layering offensive. Uh, engagement and uh, dynamism into to the already solid foundation that he has as a defense first player. But yeah. I have seen enough flashes out of him to make me hopeful that there is a lot more to unlock on the offensive side of the puck.
0: Makes sense for sure. And then we'll be moving on to our second segment where we'll talk about picks six through 15 in uh, Bob McKenzie's ranking and his uh, honorable mentions. Before I get into that though, Sebastian, talk us through our sponsor for today's episode.
1: Bird dogs make you look good. Bird dogs make stretchy khaki pants and shorts that are designed to fit you slimmer through the thigh and leg to give you a truly sculpted look. What's even better is that they're super comfortable. They give you even more like range of motion and mobility than Lululemon shorts and pants might. And uh, they are made with a proprietary cloud knit fabric that makes sure that all of the sweat gets wicked away from your body to keep you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash lockdown nhl or enter promo code lockdown nhl at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with any order. That's birddogs.com slash lockdown nhl for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you.
0: All right. So moving on to our uh, second segment, we'll be continuing our reaction to Bob McKenzie's rankings. We've got picks six through 15 coming up with uh, Bob McKenzie's honorable mentions as well. We'll start at six overall here, a player who I think by the end of the year will be a lock for the top five and might even be in contention for the top three uh, in Berkeley Canton um can has been really really impressive to me in the viewings i've gotten from him especially at the halinka gretzky cup he really showed how he can carry a team um become the focal point of a team as stacked as team canada i mean that's that's no short order for for a guy like berkeley and for me with can it's always been the clutch factor the goal scoring ability um the high-end vision and playmaking um he also has some great hands. I mean, offensively, there's a lot to love, but I was fairly impressed with the defensive shifts that I saw from him in the Hill Gretzky Cup. I'm not sure how consistent that is uh, with his uh, with his junior tape, but so far, the viewings I've gotten from him have been fairly impressive across the board, and he's in my tentative top five. So what do you think keeps him out of the top five on Bob McKenzie's rankings?
1: I mean, the obvious thing to throw out there is size. Like, Catman's yeah. an undersized forward. And he also didn't quite produce at over a point of game last season in WHL. So there isn't exactly that repertoire of already being a point of game player before the draft year season rolls around. Mm -hmm. I think those things make it understandable that he's outside of the top five, at least to start right now, especially since undersized forwards usually have a lot of ground to make up and they really have to prove why they belong in that range in order to get drafted there, which, and, I mean, yeah. Bob McKenzie's ranking here, but this, this is all like a consensus ranking of NHL scouts. Mm-hmm. Like it takes a bit longer for small players to impress their value upon uh, traditional NHL scouts. So I think that might be another factor in there, but uh, I agree. I, I like him a ton. He plays with a ton of grit. He's really inside driven, really skilled, quite mobile, uh, very adaptable under pressure. I, I've liked what I've seen quite a bit so far from Berkeley Catton.
0: Makes sense. And then we move on to Consta Hellenius, who's the seventh pick uh, in Bob McKenzie's rankings. I'm a big fan of Consta Helenius. I, I feel like, you know, I don't know if top five is reasonable uh, with, with the, the depth of this top 10, but uh, for me, Helenius is up there in terms of skill set. One of the most elusive and explosive skaters that you'll that you'll see this year. Um, very fluid on the puck, capable of adapting very quickly in terms of his posture in order to receive bad pucks, that kind of stuff. Um he, he explodes out of every stride and makes sure that he he doesn't kind of slow plays down or or, or or, you know, when he delegates the puck, he doesn't put his teammates in trouble or, you know, put the puck in a worse condition than he got it in. Um, every play seems to advance play really well. So I'm really impressed with the decision making, the fluidity, the, uh, the edge work, the explosiveness of, of Helenius. And um, he's also been decent defensively as well. So he's one guy I'm keeping a close look on for this year. But after this, we've got a trio of defensemen here in David Yurt. Uh, sorry, Adam Yerichek, David Yurchek's brother. Then um, we have Anton Salaev and Aron Kiviharyu. Um, Antos alive. we talked about a couple episodes ago and I, I don't think either of us are impressed enough with him to put him in the top dem, even though he's got what, 7 points in 8 KHL games or something like that?
1: Yeah, I think it's 6 points in 7 games. He's been playing big minutes in the KHL to start, to start the season. This is a m- hulking defenseman, but mm-hmm. I have a lot of concerns in terms of his composure, his processing speed, and his scanning habits, and those are three things that struck me in my first couple of viewings as being like subpar to the level of being like massive red flags and like really big concerns that he needs to work on. And Mm -hmm. the KHL isn't exactly the environment where you learn those things. You kind of need to know those before you get thrown into that fire. Yeah. And a lot of his productions come off of secondary assists, uh, like rebound shots in the point. Mm -hmm. Uh, It hasn't exactly been of him quarterbacking the rush or being Overly proactive offensively, uh, so mm-hmm. there's th- definitely a bit of a grain of salt to that production, and I I expect it to peter off as the the year wears on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I still have a lot of questions. Uh, I can tell you, he's not in my tentative of top twenty yet. So top ten is a lot for me. Uh, yeah. But but look, again, this is a massive defenseman who has good edge work and is producing well in the KHL. Who might have said mm-hmm. that that's not reasonable for this range? Mm-hmm. I just, I have a lot of questions with Celayev.
0: Makes sense. Um Kiviharu also brings a couple more questions, but for me, he, he's a bit more of a of a solid player in terms of the decision-making, the awareness. I'm a bit, I'm, I'm a lot more confident in his than Celayev's. David, uh, Adam check on his end is just, he's just, he's everything you want out of a right-handed D. Uh, he's got the explosiveness, the rawness, uh, the, the raw physicality, but he's also got the, decision making awareness uh, playmaking ability he's got a booming shot as well uh, really good really solid right-handed d who i think is almost not almost surely not going to be available outside of the top 10. And you're looking at Trevor Connolly here, who Bob, and Bob McKenzie and has at 11th overall, went through a shaky start to his kind of junior career with some shaky decisions involving some not-too-legit uh, signs that he made with some books, but he's he's made up for it fairly well uh, from what I've heard. Um, and he he's a pure skill player with an inside drive that really impresses you for a player of his size. He looked really good at the hellenka Aggressive Cup, was by far USA's best player, so certainly having him in this range makes sense. We also have Igor Chernyshov, who we've talked about a bit, at 12th overall. Igor Chernyshov is my favorite big winger from this year. Um, the size, the strength, the skating ability, the quick, soft hands and tight, it's really impressive to watch him go about it. Um, his, his MHL tape's been really solid, and I'm, I'm going to keep a close eye on him. We have Carter Yakumchuk, who I haven't watched a lot of. Can you tell me a bit about him? Yeah, Jakomchuk is a really
1: intelligent two-way defenseman. I I like the way that he manages possession quite well. Uh, he's he's quite composed in possession. He's not one to really be caught in like deer in the headlights under pressure on retrievals. Yeah, uh, he scans pretty well. He he he's quite reliable and solid. Like this is the type of player who has very little shot of like a top pairing projection, but. Has a decent enough chance of forging out a second pairing role uh, as being that reliable, big right shot defenseman. So I think that this range is fine. Though mm-hmm. the next defenseman on the list is one that I'm personally a lot more interested in. And that's uh, Zane Perek, who is, to me, the premier offensive defenseman in this draft class. So you could throw Cole Hudson's name in the mix, who's an honorable mention on Bob McKenzie's list here but Zane Perek is a great goal scorer. He is tremendously dynamic and fluid in his movements. He's a great skater mm-hmm. and he has no right to be as strong defensively as he is when you pair it with all those offensive tools. He's, yep. he's fairly reliable in his own zone. He, clo- he, he, he keeps his gaps quite consistent uh, and he, he knows how to suffocate play out on the boards and he's not the most physical guy, but he, He has a decently big frame. He's six feet tall. Uh, It's just like the weight really has some catching up to do there. And the physical game should progress alongside that. But uh, this is a player who I think could be a real difference maker at the NHL level. And I expect him to climb up the ranking from this 15th overall slot. 100%
0: 100% fully agreed. Um, then we have Michael Branzak-Nugard, who we talked about in the last episode. Michael Branzak-Nugard is a big Norwegian right winger who plays with a lot of pace and uh, his forechecking game, his defensive game are so solid. You're talking about a certain NHLer here. Not as confident with the offensive projection as I am with Igor Chernyshaw, for example. Um, But he's still up there for me because, you know, he's got everything in order to step into a pro role right away, essentially, and and make an impact. Um, And then the final player in Bob McKenzie's top 16 is Henry Muse, um, a, a mobile defenseman with you know, he, he's got the offensive skill to get around. He's got some defensive skill as well, but not to the level of, of his offensive game. He's definitely a bit more offensive leaning in the views the viewings that I've had, especially the, uh, the link aggressive cup. You could see him pinch a lot and try to get involved offensively as much as he could, but I'm curious to see how his defensive game develops into a strength because he has a decent amount of tools. His lateral mobility is really good. His backward skating's really good. His stick positioning is really good. So I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see how that develops. An interesting omission from this top sixteen though is Cole Hudson. Um in my opinion, you're looking at Cole Hudson and it's very difficult to justify him being outside of the top sixteen, isn't it?
1: I agree. This is a player who is, uh, he embodies dynamism. And while, yes, there are a ton of question marks on the defensive side of the game. Like, mm-hmm. there's no doubt about that. He is more raw than Lane Hudson was in his draft year defensively. Yeah. But his offensive game is so much more controlled and uh, effective at the same age. And, and he's, he's also a younger. And he's, yep. and he's a far better skater. He knows mm-hmm. how to also layer all of the other tools into his mobility and into his... Mm-hmm. It, 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 execution of plays at high speeds and uh, executing plays while he's moving laterally and switching lanes he's he's so dynamic and so much fun and while he's not a sure thing by any stretch of the imagination uh this is a player who could certainly grow into a a top pairing like first power play quarterback role like the the upside is tremendous here for sure
0: Absolutely. But that wraps things up for a reaction of Bob McKenzie's top 16 and honorable mentions. And we're going to move on to our game on the line segment for the 2020 NHL draft right after these messages on Lockdown NHL Prospects. All right. So ending things off with our game on the line segment for the twenty twenty NHL draft. In this segment, it's a regular segment. Uh we uh select a player from each of uh from six of the seven rounds of a specific draft year and try to build a starting six, basically three forwards, two defensemen, and a goaltender, uh, to win a game seven Stanley Cup final. Um so Sebastian, we'll start off with a few because I'm I'm more confident in your lineup than mine. Uh you've got a fantastic Me first too. line here offensively, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm very happy with, with the lineup that I ended up with. This is the best lineup that I think I'm going to have in this series, uh, yep. but I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So at left wing, uh, with my fourth round selection, I picked Sean Farrell, who was a Montreal mm-hmm. Canadiens draft pick and who has progressed so well since his draft year. This is a player whose game is defined by his intelligence, his engagement, and his playmaking skill. And uh, while his skating still needs to take some strides in order for him to fork out a middle six NHL role, I mm-hmm. think that he will get there. And I, I, I'm, I think we're both very, very big fans of Sean Farrell's. Yep. And I'm happy to have him in my lineup here. At mm-hmm. center, can't go wrong. I've got Timmy Stritzler, my, uh, my, my German compatriot. Uh, so, I, I mean... I think he's the best player to come out of this draft class. Uh, I'm also based in Ottawa. I can't really pass on him here. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm just basically the plan is in the offensive zone, have Sean Farrell get the puck to Timmy Stutzler, and it's probably going to get going to go into the net. So I'm, yep. I'm very happy with that layout. Mm-hmm. And I still need one player to kind of wreak some havoc around the slot. So I added Brett Burrard in the fifth round, who was a New York Rangers draft pick. Who Mm -hmm. fell way further than he should have on draft day? He is a true buzzsaw. He will uh, get to every dirty area and outwork every player on the ice. Uh, So I think I have a nice balance between my three forwards there.
0: Absolutely. I went with a different route, mainly to keep my first round pick for the defense pair. Um, I went with Antonio Stranges on the left wing, uh, a pick of the damn who picked him? Was it the Dallas Stars? Dallas Stars, yeah. I went a different route with my uh, top line, mainly to keep my defense. Uh, my first round pick for the defense pair. I went to Antonio Stranges of the Dallas Stars um, at left wing. I feel like he he's got a lot of the skill set and and edge work and skating ability that you want um, out of a speedy, skillful winger. I feel he's going to play that role very well eventually in the NHL once he gets there. Um, I uh, decided to go with Daniil Gushchin um, out of the uh, out of the second round uh, in. Uh, Wait, hold on. Was it the second round? Third. No, it was the third round. Damn. I'm struggling. I ended up going with Daniel Gushin for the uh, third round pick. Uh, Daniel Gushin is a third round pick of the San Jose Sharks, and um, he's one of your favorites, Sebastian, but he's yeah. also one of mine. He is a very, very, very skillful player. Um, his offensive awareness is. Very impressive. He's got a. He, he's always had a great shot, but he's improved upon his playmaking ability, become a lot better of a distributor, and his defensive game has, go, has grown in leaps and bounds as well. So he's gonna be kind of the the do everything center for me on that line. And then Brett Berard obviously is is a you know for the same reason that you picked him, you need someone who's gonna wreak havoc in the offensive zone, and he can absolutely do that. A bit of a smaller line, uh, with definitely less skill than yours, but I made sure to keep my first round pick for the defense pair. I went with Jake Sanderson at left D I believe in Jake Sanderson's um, overall ability to shut down play to, to take place quickly and play them up the uh, up the ice I think that's something that you really need with a lineup like this I think a lot of my scoring is going to come off the rush with a with a player like Jake Sanderson on the back end especially when he's paired with Brock Faber a second round pick of the LA Kings who you picked as well um indeed Faber Faber is really impressive. Um, You you watch him this year, and he doesn't really seem like the type of guy who's going to, you know, man a top power play or anything like that. But every decision he makes, especially five on five, is so clearly the right decision to make. I've really been impressed with Brock Faber's game, um, especially on the breakout. And then uh, you went with a different round for your left-handed D though, right?
1: I did indeed. I didn't have my first round pick available anymore, but I did have my third, and I used it on... Alexander Nikishin, who we've been talking about a lot on this podcast. And uh, yeah, I was very, very happy to add him here. I think that it's very good value in the third round. Uh, Nikishin projects as a really, really high-end two-way defenseman. Might top as a number two at the end of the day uh, in the NHL. Uh, But he is going to bring a ton of offense and and creativity and overall offensive control uh, from the blue line. Whereas Brock Faber, uh, I, I'm very happy that he's ended up in Minnesota because I he reminds me a little bit of Jared Spurgeon in some ways, of being understated. Yep. He lacks yeah. the same level of physicality that Spurgeon has, but it, he's an undersized, highly intelligent right-shot defenseman whose production's not going to jump off the page, but is so, so effective defensively. And I'm very, very happy having him there. Mm-hmm. And in goal, we both made the easiest pick of this entire exercise <laughs> in Devon Levi. Because he's the best goaltender in their class. He was picked in the seventh round by the Florida Panthers before getting traded to Buffalo in that Sam Reinhardt deal. And uh, yeah, I think we're both quite confident with one of the top two goalie prospects in the league.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and you talk about a goaltender yeah. who's, who's adapted his game perfectly to his size. That's Devin Levi to me. I mean, everything he does is just perfectly tailored to the fact that he's not the tallest guy. But the athleticism, the lateral mobility, the edge work, especially um, the positioning, the aggression—aggression aggression with which he defends his net. Um, when he's facing a an odd man rush, you'll see him hit the the the, the, the hash marks almost on uh, on those two on ones, on those breakaways. Very aggressive and very willing to trust his edge work, which is something that I usually look for with smaller goaltenders. So I'm really happy with this pick, and I'm sure you are as well. Um, but yeah, this wraps things up for today's episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, and subscribe, leave us a comment, letting us know what you want us to talk about. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day, whether that's Spotify, Odyssey, Apple podcasts, whatever it is, make sure to check us out first. And then for your second listen of the day, make sure to check out locked on sports today. They've got all your news and updates about the sporting world. This has been it for this week. Uh, make sure you tune in next week for our episodes. This is Hattie Kalakesh with Sebastian High, and we hope you tune in next time.